Hey everybody, before we get started, we just wanted to let you know that we had some problems with this cast. It turns out that the file was corrupt in some way, shape, or form. That's why we're a little behind schedule in releasing it. We tried to fix it as much as possible, but at this point we're just going to put it out with the uh, kind of monster voice that I and some other people on the cast have sounded like. So, here's the cast. Look forward to the new episode coming out next week. Episode number 33. I'm your host, Dustin, and as always, we have with us... It's Apple. This is Savannah. This is Nick. And we are bringing you all the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the past two weeks, as well as our spotlight character, which in this episode will be the new Robin, Damian Wayne, and our feature, we're actually going to just discuss a little bit about what you can expect in the comic book world for those of you who don't really pay attention to the comics. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get into movie news. The very first thing we have, which there's not a whole lot of news to begin with from the last two weeks, but we do have some. On Thursday, May 14th, it was announced that Catwoman will be coming to Blu-ray. Now, a lot of people don't really care that Catwoman is coming to Blu-ray, much less Catwoman was ever made, so Warner Brothers Home Video announced that Catwoman will be coming to Blu-ray this September. Like I said, not a lot of people are thrilled about it, but it's still in addition to the Batman films, and once we have the movie history section up on the website, it will also include Catwoman to many people's disappointment, so. I liked it. I, 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 it wasn't the greatest film, but I liked it. I'm, I'm going to pick it up on Blu-ray. I've seen it, like, I've seen it on TV three times this weekend, oddly enough, so I've just been reminded of that movie. It's uh, average. Any improvement on repeat viewings? (laughs) Not that much. (laughs) I I don't think I'm going to invest in this one. (laughs) Sorry, Halle Berry. Hopefully it's cheap. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like Apple's the only one who's going to buy it. I, I think so. <laughs> I'll eventually buy it, but I'll wait till it goes in like the bargain bin. Hey, that Warner will have it. <laughs> Warner's been having to sell on Blu-ray, so they'll probably be in there. Yeah, give it a week or two. <laughs> All right. So moving into the next bit of news on Monday, May eighteenth, there was some interesting news that came out about Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Now. Warner Brothers didn't officially release any information about it, but somehow we stumbled across a trailer for Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Now, you look anywhere now, and there's absolutely no clue that it ever existed because Warner Brothers went in and put their legal team to work and made sure that every site that had the trailer, it got scooped off of. But... Of course, us here at the Batman Universe, we have our own little version of the trailer. Warner Brothers doesn't want you to see it or hear it yet, so 
All I can say is, trust us when we say when the movie history section comes back up, it will be on there unless Warner Brothers decides to recognize the Batman universe by asking us to take it down, which probably won't happen, so you can view the trailer there on the website once we get the movie history section up. This is coming out sometime this fall, and the first real, probably official trailer we'll see is probably at San Diego Comic-Con, since the trailer is also going to be on the Green Lantern DVD coming out the week after Comic-Con, so I'm assuming that we'll probably be seeing the first official trailer from Warner Brothers at Comic-Con. Yeah, oh man, and I mean, we saw the trailer, but I, I loved it. I, I liked how they stayed true to Ed McGuinness's artwork. It's almost a spot-on replica of his artwork. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. perfect. It was a good yeah, I really liked the look of it, yeah. I was surprised that they wanted to take it back off, because, I mean, I don't see the problem with generating hype, especially if it's coming out this fall, it's only... It's, I mean, it's late May, so why not just let it go at this point? But See, I, I think the thing with them is that th- they want the hype to be around Green Lantern right now because Green oh. Lantern's the next one coming out, and that's just the way they're thinking. They're thinking if they start building hype about Superman, Batman, the hype's not going to be there for Green Lantern. They want Green Lantern to succeed. I mean, by all means, I want the Green Lantern movie to be good, and I expect it to be good, too. Everything that Warner Brothers has been putting out lately as the direct-to-video movies that are the DC characters. Everything's been good. There hasn't mm-hmm. been one that's not been good. So, by all means, go pick up Green Lantern or at least rent it once it comes out. But Superman Batman is what we care about more so than Green Lantern. So, you know, to go back to when Wonder Woman came out back in the spring, they didn't have anything for Green Lantern until probably about two weeks after or a week before Wonder Woman came out on video, so... Oh, that's right. That's just that's just what they're doing, so... <laughs> and when when is the release date for Superman Batman? They haven't set an official date. They have just said it's going to be sometime this fall, which my prediction is that it's going to be either late October or early November before the holiday season. Okay. Well, the trailer was certainly encouraging. Looks like it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I like what Warner Brothers Animation is doing. I mean, whoever they have being the creative team behind getting these projects done, I really love it. I mean, awesome job, guys. All right, so moving on to May 20th, Apple's going to tell us about some information that came off of HBO. On HBO, it was announced that The Dark Knight will be finally be showing on HBO. Now, what it entails is from... If you saw the previews, it looks like they may have a Batman marathon or a Batman night of type. So will they play Batman Begins before it? Uh, don't know. Hope so. That, that way, right after, they can play The Dark Knight. They have been known to do this, guys. So hopefully, you know, come June 13th, when, when it does air on HBO, maybe we can have a full day of Batman on HBO. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, and it was like a, maybe I might exaggerate, but it felt like a three-minute trailer. <laughs> I think you probably are exaggerating, but... It, it was it was so awesome. It, it was awesome to see. I guess we all know what we're doing June 13th. <laughs> well, those of us who have HBO, at least. Yeah, I was, yeah, well, was going to say that. 
<laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll see it over here at some point. <laughs> I'm sure you have the DVD, you could just watch it at your, at your yeah. free will. <laughs> yeah. We could have an honorary Batman marathon without HBO at the same time. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. He's here. Who? The Batman. Alright, so moving into TV news, there's not really any news to report but we can tell you that as you're listening to the podcast on May 29th, the new episode is going to be Legends of the Dark Might. And the interesting information is that anybody who grew up late 80s, early 90s, and knows who Pee Wee Herman is, he's actually doing the voice of Batmite. Wow. I like Pee Wee Herman. I don't like Batmite. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know who Pee Wee Herman is like me, could you? Who is that? Yeah, exactly? Pee Wee Herman basically was, he was a comedian. Explain? He was a comedian who yeah. uh, was geared more towards children than had a TV show on Saturday mornings called Pee Wee's Playhouse. And it was just like. And a Tim Burton movie, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard of that Tim thought. Burton movie. I, I've heard of the Tim Burton movie, but I haven't seen it myself. That's who Pee Wee is, is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was the first one, and then Pee-wee's Big Top was the second one, and then that ended up leading into the TV show in the early 90s, I want to say like 1990 or 1991 or two. Somewhere in there is when the TV show was on. It was only on for about two seasons. It's just an interesting, because I was a Pee-wee Herman fan when I was a kid, and I thought he was amazing, and when I saw his name's Paul Rubin. You also might have known who he is because he actually plays Penguin's father in Batman Returns. Huh. So there's a bit of a Tim Burton connection there. I guess so. Yeah. Before Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, there was Tim Burton and Paul Rubin. But uh, I am interested about this Brave and the Bold episode because it's just... I haven't seen a lot of Batmite before and we've we've talked about this before and we seem quite apprehensive as to what this is going to turn out to be. but I think I st- Apple is the one who's the most apprehensive. I don't yeah. care. That might, it hasn't really appeared in, except in a few Grant Morrison issues recently. And Besides that, I mean, Grant Morrison, he does crazy things anyway, but Batmite can be an interesting character. The whole origin of Batmite was completely irrelevant considering it was just made to mirror Mr. Mitzelpig from Superman's world, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nice thing about Batmite is that you can't really mess him up any more than he already is, exactly. in our eyes. <laughs> so, uh, Brave and the Bold, this episode, we might actually enjoy more than we expect. And the good thing is, the episode's actually going to feature a lot of villains from Batman's universe that we haven't seen yet. And there's going to show a bunch of different takes on Batman characters. And they even do, there's some images that have come out of it have actually shown them sitting at a comic convention and people <laughs> asking Batmite, why are you showing Batman fighting Santa Clauses and Easter Bunnies? And it, it kind of is like a, a spoof of Batman the Brave and the Bold in a weird take just because it's like diehard fanboys asking a panel of people who are actually the creators of Batman the Brave and the Bold why they're doing the stuff that they're doing. Wow. That's confusingly 
entertaining. <laughs> and then the next episode that was announced will be on June 5th, and that will be called Hail the Tornado Tyrant, and that's going to feature Red Tornado, and he has basically... He's attempting to create a being that possesses the one thing that he lacks, human emotion. His experiments goes wrong after an attack from major disaster, and his tornado champion quickly turns to the dark side as the tornado tyrant, whose only goal is to destroy all humans. And anybody who has been missing the Joker, the Joker is actually going to be appearing in the teaser as well as Catwoman. Ooh. Interesting. Catwoman is actually going to be wearing her actual Golden Age garb. Oh, of course she is. Yeah. Purple? <laughs> yes. The purple and... And the green? Yeah, it's like a purple. the purple dress that she used to wear back in the day. Back in the 40s. Yeah. Cat or nine tails whip? Interesting. I am Catwoman. Meow. So that's going to go into merchandise news. We've got two things to announce for merchandise. First thing, on May 14th, IGN announced on behalf of DC Direct that there's going to be a new line of statues coming out in the future. The line is called DC Dynamics. The blurb from DC Direct read, Created to capture the character's interaction with the surrounding environment, each figure sports not only its respective iconic hero, but some element of their abilities. Superman is depicted flying with the base of the statue being painted and molded to demonstrate his blazing speed. Aquaman is being boosted by a wave of water. Wonder Woman is soaring through the sky and Batman is being propelled by a cloud of bats. The first statue will be the Wonder Woman one and that one will come out in January of 2010. They've only shown four statues but they said that there's going to be at least six different statues lined up for 2010. Doesn't sound yeah. like it makes sense, but it looks good. I wish they would make it a little bit bigger scale. Kind of like how Sideshow does their bus types, but this is good. DC DC Direct has been turning it up, so I like what they're doing. Alright, so going into the next bit of merchandise news on May 18th, all the new DC Direct items were announced for January of 2010. And they include Batman Black and White Statue by Lee Bermejo, Batman Beyond 1-6 Scale Deluxe Collector Figure, and then two new things called Blamoids. And the first series is going to include a Batman PVC minifigure and the Joker PVC minifigure. I'm going to oh. get all those. <laughs> What's the Lee Bermejo, the, the the, that statue looks freaking awesome. I mean, it's it's straight to his art style. You can see the lines in the uniform. That's so sweet. Yeah, his Batman looked really cool. Exactly. Alright, so then, moving into video game news, Apple's gonna tell oh. us what's been going on. Okay, on to video game news. On May 14th was a Batman Arkham Asylum walkthrough. And we have seen other walkthrough guys, but this version had Sefton Hill, of course, walking through the video game, and he's talking about more detail about the combat system. So that was very cool. If you can, go to BatmanUniverse.net and watch that for the for the free flow walkthrough. Also, on May 15th, GameStop's UK office was able to get a walkthrough of Rocksteady Studios. 
course you get to see the guys hard at work working on the video game and you get to see what kind of environment they are in creating this world for us so you can also see that video on the website also also on may 15th on g4 tv's x play got an exclusive look at batman arkham asylum and this was court aired on may 11th us we put a better version on may 21st to so that way you can have a better video quality. So you can go ahead and see X-Play's interview with the in-depth look of Batman Arkham Asylum, which is very cool. So check out the website and go ahead and see that video. Also, we were treated to a nice trailer who we weren't confirmed about this character, but now we know Poison Ivy. So here's a quick clip of the trailer. Okay, guys, that was the trailer. I loved it. I love the design, how they have in, in her veins, it's like the plants. The character looks incredibly interesting. If, you, if, we, if we made comments about Harley Quinn maybe looking a little uh, promiscuous, we didn't expect... Uh, <laughs> we spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I for forever, I, I will be honest in that video. I was like, "Where's the underwear?" <laughs> like, pants, not pants. <laughs> That's it was. Also, regarding that free flow video, it looked pretty cool. But I was just wondering, is that a unique sort of combat style for this game, or has that been done before in other games? No, what they seem to have been going for was all of Batman's gadgets, all of his flow motion. I, I think they went after the martial arts style that Christopher Nolan did within Batman Begins. And you kind of see the close combat fighting skill that Christian Bell studied for for the film. I think the guys at Rocksteady integrated that within Batman Arkham Asylum. So that way, when you have and you're surrounded by as many enemies as Batman has been known to be surrounded by, he has a very quick close combat feel. So that's what they integrated into this video game. And it's it's very nice. It's, it's, it's the first time anything like this has ever been done. I would always associate this to a, a game who who did it a, kind of already, but not to this scale as Batman has, which is Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is a great one-player video game, but it doesn't have as many gadgets and as close combats as Batman Arkham Asylum is looking. So as far as video game fans, even if you're not a Batman 
fan, but if you're a video game fan, this intrigues you just because of the combat and gadget styles that they're putting within Batman Arkham Asylum. Pretty incredible videos coming out. It's just getting infinitely more exciting every time they release something. I <laughs> know, it was really cool. But on May 22nd, what we also got was the info of Poison Ivy. And as we see, I mean, she only weighs 115 pounds, so, you know, she's very light. <laughs> but you can, you can also check out the stats for Poison Ivy on the website also, guys. And a pretty drawing, concept drawing of her. Quite nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for more of these character trailers as we build up to the release of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically it's looking like we're going to have something about every two weeks from now until the game's released. In two weeks from the time that the Poison Ivy trailer came out will be E3, and they've already said that Batman Arkham Asylum is going to be at E3, so... Ooh. I'm assuming we'll get something around then, another trailer. It's only... It's as good as anybody's guesses of who the, the character they're going to feature in the trailer is, but they might just do somebody... I'm assuming because it'll be at E3, they'll try to do somebody we're not expecting. So maybe Hush yeah. or you Ooh, know, some, somebody we, have, we haven't seen anything or heard anything about. Yeah, and E3 is just around the corner, so I mean, I'm going to be staying to all the video game websites and G4TV to see all the updates on this video game especially. Taking up video games, are we, sir? Alright, so then that's going to take us into general news, which we don't have any general news, so let's get into our spotlight character. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about Damian Wayne, because for those of you who have who do not read the Batman comics currently... He's going to be the new Robin, coming in less than one week. So, let's talk about Damien. Ra's al Ghul concluded Batman met his qualifications to become his heir and consort to his most beloved daughter, Talia Head. Despite Batman's rejection of the initial offer to join him, Ra's remained determined and going so far as to once abducting and drugging the Dark Knight, performing a marriage ceremony which he was unable to object to. Later, the demon's head asked for Batman's help when a rogue assassin murdered Talia's mother. During these events, the romantic tension between Batman and Talia resulted in a more formal ceremony followed by her conceiving a child, the heir Roz desired. The news also affected the Cape Crusaders' worldview, making him take fewer risks and therefore growing less effective in his war on crime. Out of kindness... Talia claimed to have miscarried and Roz annulled the second marriage. What he did not know was that Talia had lied and carried the child to term. He was left as an orphan and bejeweled necklace his only connection to Talia in Batman's Son of the Demon 1987. Years later, Talia turned up at a London museum right after Batman fought an army of man-bats. She introduced him to Damien and explained her ruse. Feeling it was time Damien knew his father, Talia left him with Batman, who took the boy back to Gotham City. With mixed emotions, Batman introduced Damien to his world, Wayne Manor and the Batcave, Alfred Pennyworth, and Tim Drake. To Batman's displeasure, Damien appeared spoiled, ill-mannered, and unappreciative of his surroundings. We were displeased, too. Call to duty... (laughs) Batman locked Damien in a room and set off. Good for Batman. 
Arriving at Blackgate Penitentiary, Batman saved an undercover cop from being killed by one of the shocker's henchmen. He then found his old foe, the spook, dead and headless. Soon after, Batman learned that Damien had stolen out of the manor, followed him to Blackgate and beheaded the spook with a sword the boy owned. At the Batcave, Damien was boasting of his exploits and showing off the spook's head, complete with a grenade in the mouth. Pretty savage. He tossed the head in the air so it could explode, and the shockwave sent Damien and Tim atop the dinosaur trophy. Damien then took advantage of the situation to beat Tim senseless and don Jason Todd's old Robin outfit. Batman was appalled to find his costume-clad son on a Gotham rooftop. Damien felt he and he only should stand beside Batman. It was the League of Assassins way training instilled by Talia. Batman brought Damien along as he tracked Talia to Gibraltar, where her army of manufactured Manbat commandos were about to attack. Batman had also brought the real Manbat, Kirk Langstrom, from the British Army to consult on a cure. In the final confrontation, Batman rejected the notion of a united family, and Damien clutched onto his mother. They vanished into the resulting explosion, but there was no doubt in Batman's mind both survived and would return. Batman 655 through 658, September through November 2007. Damien was chronicled in several speculative futures from this point, including his assuming the mantle of the Bat in a post-apocalyptic world in Batman number 666. Another possible future showed that Ten years into the future, Robin and the Teen Titans found a graveyard of Batman allies, including one marked Zhufash, a more traditional name Damon had been given by his grandfather. In Teen Titans number 18, January 2005. Still, other futures showed Damien assuming the name Exushav, literally son of the Bat in Arabic, one possible future showed him raised by Ra's al Ghul until he cut off his grandfather's head and sought his own destiny. In the kingdom, son of the bat, February of 1999. He was subsequently recruited by the time-traveling Rip Hunter to join scions of other heroes, Kid Flash, Nightstar, and Offspring, to prevent a rampaging murderer named Gog from destroying history. And this was in the kingdom number one and two from February of 1999. Damien was also attracted to Nightstar, daughter of his father's ward, Nightwing. A different reality posited that Ra's al Ghul accessed the Batcave in a wake of Bruce Wayne's death and used prototype Batsuits to outfit an army pulled from his League of Assassins. Bruce and Talia's son called Talent Wayne and joined the Brotherhood using his father's outfit working to stop his grandfather's plan in Brotherhood of the Bat, issue 1 from 1995. What he didn't realize at the first was that Razal's goal had unleashed a plague and had to form his own team in Batsuits to save the world in League of Batman 2001. And as we know, he's currently in Battle for the Cow, which is now wrapped up, and in the very last issue of Battle for the Cow number 3, we see that he is going to become the new Robin. I could definitely get into the superhero gig. Which takes us into our discussion for the feature. And that is going to be, we're going to talk a little bit about what 
is going to happen within the comic book world. Now, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast don't necessarily care about the comics, but we figured this might be a good time for you guys to get involved with what's going on in the comics, because it's now is a better time than ever to kind of jump in and not need to know exactly what's going on in the comic book world. So let's first off start off with giving you the little bit of background information that you will need if you decide to read the comics this coming month. And let's start off with, like we said, Damien is going to be Robin. Dick Grayson, as it was shown in Battle for the Cull number 3, will go, is going to be the new Batman. Which most of us did not really see anything other than that occurring. Yeah, big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that Dick Grayson is going to now take over the cow in some aspects of while thinking of hey what happens if Batman ever died you would assume that Dick Grayson be right there since he was really his number two yeah it makes sense it's all a natural progression and it's what everyone expected so pretty happy with that outcome yeah the only question was whether he would be interested in doing it or not or staying as Nightwing or or becoming Batman, and as we found out, he wants to be Batman. Alright, so that's what's going on now. A lot of people are wondering, well, what's going to happen to Tim Drake? What's happening to the rest of the characters? Well, as of right now, we don't know for a sure fact that Tim Drake is going to be Red Robin. But we can only assume he's going to be Red Robin, since he's not going to be Robin. And Tim, in my opinion, is way too important of a character just to dismiss and no longer have in the books. And I would be mad. He's a great character. Right, I think a lot of people would be mad right yeah. along with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is Red Robin. be amazing if he wasn't. I know. I can't imagine who else they would make Red Robin. Then, a little further down, not in June, but later on in the summer, we've got Batgirl, a new Batgirl coming out, which we don't necessarily know who Batgirl is. I know I'm promoting Stephanie Brown, but after some things that happened in Battle for the Cull number three, it started making me think that maybe maybe not. Oh, who are you suspecting? Yeah. Well, it seems to me that they're starting to give a lot of, I guess, page time would be the right way to say it, to Squire. Yeah. And the fact that Squire was working with Damien, she's worked with Robin, and they all kind of get along in their weird way. I somehow, somehow could see them pulling a fast card on everyone and saying, you'd never even expected Squire, and here she is. The only thing that makes me hesitant is that She's got a good thing going for her. One, she's from the UK and she works with Knight, so why would she give up working in the UK with Knight to become Batgirl? I don't know. That's it. That is weird. It's almost like they'd have to develop something that would happen to her, or she's going to have to, like, fall in love with Tim Drake or something. In- Some, yeah. Something something weird, but then it, it made me think that, okay, wait, Square's been around with Robin a lot more often cover of Red Robin number three shows Tim standing at Bruce Wayne's unmarked grave with a girl. 
Now, we assumed it was spoiler, but it could very well be square, with given the events that have been occurring in Battle for the Cow. Right. I like Squire. I, I mean, I, I was hoping it would, it would still be... I'm still hoping that it's still Stephanie Brown. Because, I mean, Tim, hopefully he's Red Robin. I want Stephanie Brown to be Batgirl. It's like they're passing over... They're passing Stephanie over for another promotion. It's like, she's been around longer than Cassandra Kane, And they were like, oh, let's make a new Batgirl. Let's just ignore spoiler. And... <laughs> Now they're doing it again. It's yeah. I was I was thinking about the overall aspect of creating new Batgirl, and even and if they were to bring in Squire, what would happen to Spoiler and Cass Kane? You know, something has to to me to bring in a character that's not very well known has only been in at least more recent issues. She, yes, she's been around in the past, but she's been featured more recently within the Grant Morrison stories and then Battle for the Cowl. But before that, she doesn't really exist. Now, Cassandra has been around since the mid-90s. Stephanie Brown's been even a couple years before Cassandra Kane, So they've been around for a good 15 years plus. To take somebody who's only been around the Batman universe for a decent amount of time for the last maybe year and to throw her into a position that yes could make sense in some ways but also then you have two characters that have nowhere to go yeah it's almost like they're gonna have to kill them off or kill off their careers it's gonna be sad if they do that yeah but they'll just bring them back (laughs) <laughs> now, the t- now, the time that we're recording this, Gotham Gazette, Batman Alive, hasn't come out yet, and that's supposed to feature a story with Stephanie Brown in it, so we could have some more insight bef- by the time you guys are actually re- listening to the podcast, but as of right now, we don't know what's going to happen with Stephanie, and I'm hoping we get something that happens in Gotham Gazette that says that she's making that little movement over to Batgirl, because that's where my hope is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want Squire to be Batgirl because I find her dialogue very annoying because she sounds like someone who's just come out of Mary Poppins and they make a real effort to... <laughs> to <laughs> the, the way they write her, her dialogue is just... They make such an effort to make sure she sounds like a, a Londoner or something. It, it sounds pretty awful much of the time to anyone from that, UK. That must be terribly you... annoying. <laughs> yeah, it because is. That they, yeah, they take all the H's off and stuff. <laughs> All right. So then, then later on this fall, which we don't have an exact date yet, but we know later this fall we're going to have an Azrael series. Now, now most of you who haven't read comics for years might not know of any Azrael besides Sean Paul Valley, but there is a new Azrael in Gotham City, and his name is Michael Lane, who is actually one of the five Batmen that were in Doctor Simon Hurt's Black Glove project. Which, if you don't read comics, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm not really going to go into the details. Yeah. <laughs> just know that he was one of the people who was supposed to replace Batman if Batman, if something happened to Batman. That's all you kind of really need to know. And now yeah. he is Azrael. So that's going to come out later on in the fall. But let's specifically go over June. 
The very first week of June, we have Batman and Robin number one. Now, this is going to be written by Grant Morrison, who has been telling this extremely long story he has been wanting to tell about Batman. You know, Batman dying, Batman, what happens with Batman once he's dead, and now the story part, or the part of the story where Batman is not Bruce Wayne, but is Dick Grayson. This will team up Dick Grayson with Damien and tell stories. And some of the art that we've seen from the comics so far is actually pretty interesting. The first three issues is going to be drawn by Frank Quietly, who some of you may know have worked on uh, All-Star Superman with Grant Morrison a couple of years back. But Batman Robin is going to be... A, by everything that I've seen and everything that I've heard is going to be like a lighter tone Batman. They say it's going to be taking something like the 60s TV show and giving it just a slight bit darker twist. So there'll be craziness, but it'll be dark craziness. There's also going to be a lot of new villains introduced into the series, specifically just to deal with Damien and Dick instead of Bruce and Tim. Yeah, I, you know, I, I find it odd that it's funny that Frank quietly is doing the the Batman and Robin because the last time Frank quietly did anything in Batman, I believe it was Earth Two in uh, two thousand, and he, he drew Thomas and Martha Wayne's grave. So it's like the next time he comes back, it's supposedly when Batman's dead. <laughs> so I just find that funny. But Frank Quietly, quality, quality artist. He's it, it, it's just going to be fun. I, I think it's just going to be a fun issue, and we're going to see where they take it. Yeah, I'm excited. Frank Quietly is awesome, and I'm not sure about this dark craziness that they're talking about, but <laughs> I think that suits Grant Morrison perfectly. So, if you're a Grant Morrison fan which I sometimes am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be good. You just never know with Grant Morrison or with Damien. Sometimes he's a brat. Sometimes he's entertaining. I just am crossing my fingers on this one. But I know the art will be good. And on a more general point about people who are listening to us who aren't reading the comics, who are tempted to get in i'm certainly on this podcast the person with the least amount of knowledge about the comics i do a small bit on the comic podcast about bat books for beginners and i recently just started subscribing to the comics since r.i.p so i've only just started getting into it but now is definitely a new era in the books and now is definitely a perfect time to get started with a new batman and new stories coming along so Take my advice, and if you are just tempted, if, if you've been tempted for the last couple of years to start getting into these comics, now is definitely the time to do it. That's that's a perfect perfect reason. That's one of the reasons why we're talking about comics on the non-comic podcast, just because this is one of the, like Nick said, this is one of the best times to get into the comics if you've been thinking about it. Because you don't need to necessarily know what has happened in the past to connect to what's going on right now. Besides what you hear day to day, or what you hear us talk about, about Batman supposedly being dead or whatever. Right. So, so moving into yeah. the second week of June, we have Batman number 687, which will continue the main Batman series that's been around for 
almost 70 years, but this is going to have just feature stories just relating to Batman. It's not going to have Batman and Robin. It might have some supporting characters here and there, but the story is focusing on Dick Grayson being Batman. Now, this is going to be done by Judd Winnick, and Judd Winnick has, has done Batman in the past. He did Under, Under the Hood a couple years back, and it was a good story, and a lot of people liked it. Some people definitely didn't, but that's everyone's own opinion. I, I can't wait for it. I mean, I'm eager to, to find out about this, too. I'm really excited about this one. The Dick Grayson solo is going to be interesting. He's moving into a new identity, and it'll be interesting to see him. He hasn't been, like, alone for a while. He's been with the Titans or helping out somebody else, dealing with other people's problems. So it'll be fun to see him stand on his own. And I generally enjoy Judd Winnick, so I'm pretty excited about this one. Yeah, Dick's got enough to worry about at the moment without Damien, so there'll certainly be plenty to do in this issue, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so then going into Red Robin number one, also coming out the same week as Batman 687, that'll feature... Whoever the character of Red Robin is going to be in, as we said, we're assuming it's going to be Tim Drake because it makes sense. It's a good opportunity for the character to mature into his own role, just as Dick did with Nightwing. What's interesting about this series is that whoever the character of Red Robin eventually be is, they are convinced that Bruce Wayne is not dead, and he goes on a quest to try to find where, find out where exactly Bruce Wayne is. So it's kind of like an adventure story all in of its own. We don't know how much he's going to be outside of Gotham or inside of Gotham for that matter. But obviously the fact that it's not just Tim Drake traveling the world, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say Tim Drake because we don't know for sure, but we don't know if it's going to be a random, it's not going to be just a normal person traveling the world. It's going to be this Red Robin character, which means there's going to be some action that's obviously going to ensue. Right. I love the Red Robin. I, I love the Red Robin outfit. I always felt that that should have been the natural progression for Robin's outfit. I, I, don't get me wrong, I wasn't around during the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, but I that's why I love that outfit. I, I feel it's perfect to go along with Batman. I'm, I'm looking forward to this story. I mean, we, we're assuming that it's Tim. We love Tim. And... I, I can't wait. Red Robin might be just be the most anticipated comic that I'm looking for out of all these. Yeah, it might be the most exciting one. I'm to me the fact that he's that Red Robin thinks that Batman's still alive and you know does some detective work to find him. That just sounds exactly like Tim to me. So all the more evidence. And all the more reason to be excited about Tim Drake in a solo comic. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly interested in this book. And and mainly because, as someone who didn't read Final Crisis and was strictly a Batman comics person, I'm very interested to see what Tim can find out about Bruce's whereabouts. I mean, I know know what's going on with him, but I want to see more development of the, the search for Bruce, definitely. One thing that's interesting is a lot of people who are out there saying, oh no, 
Batman can't be anybody but Bruce Wayne. This might be the book to read just because he's trying to prove that Bruce Wayne isn't dead. Going into the next week on June 17th, we have a new series called Batman Streets of Gotham, number one. Now, Streets of Gotham is going to be written by a lot of people's favorite, Paul Dini, who, as we know, worked on Batman the Animated Series and more recently worked on the last full arc of Detective Comics. Now, Dustin Wen is coming back doing the art, teaming up with Paul Dini as they worked together on Detective Comics before. But now this story is a little interesting because it's basically covering all the different people that are supporting characters of Batman that don't have their own series. So basically, as the new Batman, you know, comes out and everyone sees that he's there, the heroes and the villains and all the citizens notice that there's a Batman. Now, how exactly do the police feel about the Batman and can the the new Batman control Gotham the way that the old Batman did. That's basically what this series is going to be about. But one thing interesting is that there's going to be a co-feature in this book which will feature Manhunter, which some of you may know was in Birds of Prey. Some of you may never have even read Birds of Prey, but nonetheless, Manhunter is a female character who is going to actually become the new district attorney of Gotham City. Because in Battle for the Call, the district attorney was shot and killed. So, that'll be part of this new book as well. This, I love Paul Dini. We've, we've, oh goodness, we, we've, we can't praise him enough. Uh, of course, this is a must read. Yeah, I mean, what is, what more is there to say besides Paul Dini and Dustin Wynn? Everything they touch turns exactly. <laughs> everything they touch turns to gold. That's all you have to say. It's going to be yeah. Obviously, he's a popular writer, but I'm just thinking this Streets of Gotham is going to focus on the police a bit. I understand, and Gotham Central didn't succeed, and that's what Gotham Central was doing. So I only fear for the fact that maybe this comic isn't going to. I mean, I, I hope it does well, but there's a good chance if Gotham Central didn't succeed, why should this one? Well, I think is the thing is it'll focus on the police, but the thing is that Gotham Central was just about the police. The police were like the main characters of the book. Now, with Streets of Gotham, it'll feature the police, but it's also going to feature other heroes like Huntress or you know, Misfit, people who are part of the Batman universe but don't have a book anymore. Like they were in Birds of Prey before, but where are they now? Well, they'll be in this book. Chances are, Cassandra Cain, as we heard Dan DiDio talk about back in New York Comic Con, she was going to be in Streets of Gotham too. So there's a lot of characters besides just the police, and that's what could make this work. And by any means, Gotham Central, I wouldn't say it was a failure. It just, Ed Brudebaker was the guy who started it, and it eventually just didn't continue. Because he went off the book, and it just kind of lost interest. But it was a it was a book that a lot of people have said over and over again was a great series. Yeah, which right. surprised me why it stopped. Yeah, I think this will be a valuable comic in that it's one of those that you can kind of it'll be kind of a fun non main storyline one that you can just occasionally pick up. Like, oh look, 
like, this issue has Misfit. Love her. I'm going to pick this up kind of thing. So that'll be kind of a fun, different series. And that might be more successful than, you know, a separate running storyline about a set of characters like Gotham Central was. Now, one thing to mention is Streets of Gotham, the third issue coming out in August, was actually going to feature the return of Bruce Wayne, which anybody who hasn't been listening to the comics podcast or reading the comics, they might know that it's not going to be the real Bruce Wayne, it's going to be a Bruce Wayne lookalike, which we know is Tommy Elliot. Hush. Yeah, that'll be a whole new interesting part of that. Alright, so the next one we have that same week, June 17th, is The Outsiders. Now, The Outsiders, you either like them or you don't. Uh, This month in June... (laughs) In June might not be the best month to pick up The Outsiders because it's part five of a six-part story arc that's been going on, so it might not be worthwhile to pick it up in June. Coming in August, though, might be a good month to pick it up because here's the thing with The Outsiders. The Outsiders isn't just like a Batman team-up book like Justice League or Teen Titans anymore. It's like The Outsiders are Bruce Wayne's black ops operatives that are working under Alfred. Alfred is taking a pretty significant role in the book, planning out the missions and stuff that they're doing. And starting in August, they're actually going to be working hand-in-hand with the characters in Gotham City, which, in my opinion, is one of the best decisions they've made in such a very long time with these characters, because The Outsiders can be a good series as long as they're being involved in what's going on. When they had the tie-ins with R.I.P., it was good. Right now, they're showing the Outsiders in a lot of the Bat books, but in the Outsiders book, they're not really showing what's going on outside of the Outsiders book. Um, Starting in August, though, the Outsiders are going to be helping the heroes in Gotham round up the villains that have escaped from Arkham Asylum and Blackgate and all that, and that'll that'll be interesting because it'll be worthwhile to see what's going on and how they interact with characters that have, you know, reason to be in Gotham. Right. I, I, I totally agree with you. When they make outsiders on their own and they make them their own special team, not having the identity, Oh, they have to team up with someone. That's where they have substance. That's where they can stand alone. And I think that's what they've been doing very well with this with this version of the outsiders i like that alfred is the head of the team that's just simultaneously amusing and amazing alfred's awesome on a whole new level i mean he raised batman i know it's (laughs) awesome it's cool but yeah i agree they should be in gotham For some reason, I don't intrinsically care about the Outsiders unless they're doing something that has to do with whatever else is going on. A little harsh, but I... That's that's the reality of it. I mean, they're not not super interesting characters unless they're involved in a, you know, a big story. Yeah, something something else you care about. Exactly. Yeah, I'll admit I've not given them quite a fair go, but they've they've never done it for me. So it's certainly near the bottom of the list of these new series. Hopefully you change your mind this summer. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> an open mind. 
Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'll see what you guys think of the in the reviews and and pick it up depending on that. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next week, June twenty fourth, we've got another two series. Detective Comics picks up with number eight fifty four, right where we left off with eight fifty three, and in eight fifty four is actually going to fe- be featuring Batwoman, and this is going to take place. We've been told for about twelve, at least twelve issues where Batwoman is going to be the head honcho in the series. Now, what's interesting is that I'm, I'm kind of I'm weary of how this is going to work with Batwoman, because for whatever reason, they have not shown her at all in Battle for the Cow. She's not made an appearance, so how does she just somehow pop in and take over the, you know, the title series of the entire company? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit worried because... She she has been a character that's come in and out through Batman's history. Of how fans react to her, I I don't know. I, I I really don't even know how I feel about her. But her coming into the main title, I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's negative. I'm just saying that I don't I don't know how I feel about that because she's not a character I've already I spent time to grow with. I guess. Yeah, I think you know how I feel about Batwoman. I just <laughs> what she's what they've done with her inside the universe of Battle for the Cowl is analogous to what they're doing to her in reality. They're apparently she's she's just going to be nowhere, and then she's going to be like, "Oh, I'm the main person in Gotham." As oh, soon as Batwoman. this series, yeah, as soon as the series comes in. And now they're yeah. like, they've ignored her for, what, like five years? And now they're suddenly like, you should love Batwoman again. Exactly. And that's what's really interesting because she got reintroduced to the DC Universe back in 52, which was a, a series that came out weekly for a year back, probably, what, three years ago at least? I don't know. Yeah. It seems like but I guess it was three years. Yeah, three years ago, because it was 52, then Countdown, and then yeah. and Trinity. And Trinity's just about to wrap, so just about three years. She was in 52, they reintroduced her, reimagined her, gave, gave her a whole new kind of idea. She's not the same Batwoman that we know from back in the day. Well, way back in the day. We would have... <laughs> so far back in the day that none of us were alive, but... <laughs> But this is the, this is a whole new take on the character, and the thing is, they have featured her so little more recently that this first issue comes out and it's not very good. There's going to be a lot of bad things going on with this character because they're really trying to push her to become more than what she is right now, and they could easily do that in a very bad way and just rub everybody the wrong way and it not work. The one glory for it is that Greg Rucka is doing it. And Greg Rucka does an amazing job with any character that he works on, but it's still it's still too early to tell exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. When I, I first read that it was coming out, I was sort of, really Batwoman. There's enough crazy stuff going on in the Bat books at the moment. Do we really need her to come along too? But unfortunately, the way my subscription works, I've already paid for all four epi- all four <laughs> issues that she's in. So I've got it no matter what. So I'm I'm open. I'll 
try to keep an open mind, I suppose. <laughs> but I haven't bought it in advance, DC, so take that. <laughs> <laughs> So then the last new series that we've got coming out is Gotham City Sirens. Now, a lot of people who love the female villains or female <laughs> characters in general might want to be picking this one up because this is going to be, once again, written by Paul Dini, which, as we know, co-created Harley Quinn. Yay! Yeah! It's also going to feature Poison Ivy and Catwoman, and the three of them are basically going to be taking the lead in this book. This is going to be very interesting, because he's promised that it's not going to be a remake of Gotham Girls, which was very kid-like. Wait, that's a couple, that's almost ten years old at this point, but it's not going to be a remake of that, and this is going to be a serious take on these three women, so it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. I, I, I love I, I love the villains. You guys know I love the villains, but the female villains that got them are, are like, man, they're they're so they're so awesome. They're they're so empowering. They're just they're they they have their own minds. They're their own personalities, and they don't really need to de- depend on any other main villain. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think they'll definitely be able to carry their own series. It is Paul Dini. That will be amazing. So, Har- you know, Harley is going to be written well. And Poison Ivy. And the dynamic of those three is always fascinating. <laughs> so, it'll definitely be a good series. It's it's a must-pick-up for me. And given what some people might not have seen if they're not reading the comics currently, given what happened in the network one shot at the beginning of May, there could be an interesting way of what happens with Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and Catwoman because in Battle for the Cowl, Black Mask has returned, who most people might know, might not know, if you listened a couple episodes back about our bio with Black Mask. Black Mask was actually actually shot by Catwoman. And now he's back, so... And controlling Poison Ivy, so... So is he back? Is this the same one, or is this somebody else pretending to be Black Mask? This might be the book that actually answers that question, since the characters are somehow, somehow related to Black Mask. So that could be an interesting in and of itself. I I can't wait. I mean, if they're going to have a feud with Black Mask, woo-wee! I'm happy. (laughs) I hope they continue the underground story, because that was kind of interesting, them working with the Riddler. That dynamic was kind of a fun team-up. Not exactly team-up, but (laughs) reluctant grouping. It it was a business decision. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and then there's just two other books we need to mention. The first one is Batman Confidential, which can be good at times, and sometimes it's been bad. It has a bad rep right now, and honestly, after seeing the sales charts for April, that book might not last very much longer because it wasn't even in the top 100, and it was the last issue of the King Tut one, so I don't know why it wasn't in the top 100, because they they introduced King Tut to the Batman comics from the 60s show, and 
and it was a good introduction of the character. It wasn't campy by any means. It had perfect dialogue. The writing was good. Quality stuff. But I think Batman Confidential has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and because of that, it doesn't necessarily get the, the recognition that it really should. So if you want to see a story with Bruce Wayne being Batman, Batman Confidential is a good one to pick up because it doesn't follow continuity. Basically, it seems like every three issues, they throw in a new team to make up a story arc, and the story arcs sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad, but more recently, at least for the last seven issues, have been pretty decent. The story right before the King Tut one, and the one the King Tut one, and even the one that's starting up right now, it's, it's good stuff. It's good quality, just general Batman stories. You know, if, if I will relate this to the people that if they're they're coming in because they saw the Batman movie, they they're like, I, I, you know what, I, guys, I I can't read the I I can't get into the the whole Detective Comics. I don't know where RIP's at. Bat, Battle for the Cow. I don't know that. Batman Confidential is perfect for you. It's just simple, fun, good old Batman stories that you can identify with. You're like, okay, this is what I want. I I have. I totally love Batman Confidential. I would hate to see this title go if if fans have kind of shied away from it because it gave them a bad rubbing in a couple of issues. You sh- it, it, you sh- you should. Uh, Why well, I shouldn't say you should. I just think that you need to go back to it, give it another chance, and fall for fall in love with it for what it is. And it's just good old Batman stories and well written. Yeah, it's. I've always liked the idea of Batman Confidential. It's just, you know, like giving the writers and the artists free reign, and that's pretty cool. And the nice thing is that if you don't like it, just wait three issues, and it's going to change. It's not like in the main storylines where, oh, I hate Battle for the Cowl, and you're probably going to have to wait a year for Bruce Wayne to come back. But if you hate this bad cop storyline, it's going to be over in, what, two or three issues? So <laughs> it's yeah. a really cool series. It's a great series, mm-hmm. especially for people with short attention spans or who don't like the current thing. So, And they cannot cancel the series now that my comic shop is finally stocking this. <laughs> oh, yeah. They finally can't do that to me. <laughs> I've I've really enjoyed this series as well, and do you know what? I, I think I've come up with the reason why people have not liked it. Well, you know why it's not overly popular, and I think it's because uh, was it the second story arc they did? Was it Joker so origin yeah, they, they retelling? Yeah, they tried yeah. to retell the origin of Joker, and that's really what that got was a, a lot of people. Yeah, Lovers that was and a bad move, was I think. Yeah. I thought the yeah. story was fine, but it's already been done, and people are happy with the current origin, so they should have left that alone. And I think they lost a lot of readers with that with that arc, actually, which is a shame. I'm not saying people shouldn't, you know, redo these stories. It's I, I think it's fine to do other interpretations, but a lot of people, especially when you deal with someone like the Joker's origin, are very content with what it is at the moment. So just you know, leave it alone. I think they should have done that, and that's why they've uh, struggled since. I think. And see, the thing is, with Batman Confidential, I view it as a series where a writer-artist team can get together and say, hey, we've always wanted to do this story. 
it's only three issues, and this is the book to do it in, because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to relate to continuity, it doesn't have to follow continuity, they could do whatever they want. The problem is that the editor at the time when they allowed Lovers and Mad Men to occur, which was the retelling of the joke gorge, and they should have said, that's something that we don't really need to retell, let's just skip that one and go on to the next one, because there's plenty of stories that, I mean, there was a story where it was like Catwoman and Batgirl meet for the first time. It was Batgirl with Barbara Gordon, and Catwoman, Selena Kyle, obviously, but it was like they meet for the first time. Well, they've meet, they've met plenty of times in the, in the comics, and obviously, if, if it was following continuity, we would know that Batgirl isn't Barbara Gordon anymore. So it's a perfect example of they can redo things where it doesn't make a big difference of why it's being redone. Right. And, and, and the thing is that, I mean, guys, as, as readers, yes, you're like, oh, I love my Batman this way, and it's this way. But as an artist, if you're coming in as a writer, you want to put your own stamp on Batman. You want to give someone to remember. That's what Frank Miller has done. That's what Grant Morrison has done. That's what Paul Dini has done. And it's either it's going to either be good or bad. You like it or you don't like it. And fans just didn't like that story arc. But you take the current story arc where the bad cop, the bad cop was created by Joker's psychotic mind, and he manipulated him to lose everything in life, and now he's a puppet for the Joker, and he just said, like, a madman out there. It's a wonderful story arc. I love it. Yeah, I'd be very disappointed if this book uh, stops soon. Alright, and then the other one that to keep in mind would be Superman Batman. Now this is another one that is outside of continuity. The fact that it's called Superman Batman is a sure sign that it's outside of continuity because currently Superman is nowhere near Earth and Batman is supposedly dead. But this is just like Confidential, three-part stories, sometimes just one issue, sometimes three. But most of the time it's about three issues and they have a writing team and an artist team up, do a story, and then move on. They move on to the next one. This one, surprisingly, there's not as, like, re more recently, in my opinion, Batman Confidential has been a little bit better than Superman Batman. But that's not to say that Superman Batman's bad. And for some reason, now this book is always in the top 40 of sales for every month, despite it not being in continuity, despite it being such a very strange story sometimes. In April, it was, I believe, number 35, which was ahead of all the Battle for the Cow one-shots. So, this book is surely not going anywhere. I think earlier back when Jeff Loeb was working on the book, it was a lot better, but currently it's it's it has its good moments. In June, the issue that comes out will be the finale of a three-part story arc, and then in July there's a one one issue that just talks about Supergirl and Robin teaming up together. So there's interesting aspects of what happens when you combine Superman, who is the epitome of good and has all kinds of powers, with Batman, who has no powers and is more of a dark character. It's like today's world's finest. Right. I, I wonder sometimes if this book is top selling because it says Superman and Batman on the cover. And someone that's coming to a comic book store is seeing 
Superman and Batman on the shelf, so hey, it's Superman and Batman, let me go ahead and pick it up. Sometimes I always feel that there's some readers or comic fans that just go in there just to pick up a title that they are more familiar with. I like it at times. At times, it's just like, eh, but I'm still going to buy it because I want to see what the story's like. I mean, it's Superman and Batman. It's sort of like our two of our greatest icons in, in DC, so, I mean... You know, something to check out, but sometimes it can be hit or miss. Yeah, this is another one, just like Confidential, that you really can't judge as a series. You have to judge it by story arc, and, you know, some of them you love and some of them you don't. I haven't been enjoying it very much recently, but Dustin mentioned the Jeff Loeb. I love that, and I'm looking forward to some of the solicitations of the next few sound interesting. So you just have to flip through in your comic shop and see if it looks good, I guess. (laughs) All right. So that's all the comics coming on June. Like we said, this is one of those months and this doesn't happen very often. Trust me when I say this does not happen very often where you can just literally pick up a series and jump on and not need to know what's going on. There are a few things that you'll need to know, but what we're going to do is we're going to start a thread up on the forums, and we'll list some of the things that you'll need to know in order to read these books so that you understand what's going on. We'll talk about some of the events that have happened in the past that that way you know a little bit of the backstory that you need to know, so that way the series works for you. Would you guys recommend a couple of titles which, if you were just starting right now, a couple of titles which you would pick up? Like, for instance, I would think you would it would be worth picking up Batman, Batman and Robin and Red Robin. Those are probably the three vital ones, would you say? Based on our predictions of what's going to happen with these books, the most important books to pick up probably would be Batman, because it'll just be general Batman stories, Batman and Robin, because it'll be an interesting take on the new Batman and the new Robin. And then, if I had to say one other one, I would say pick up Red Robin, just because I'm interested in seeing Tim Drake mature, even though we don't know for sure that it's Tim Drake. I agree with you. I I think Red Robin is going to be the most intriguing title out of most of those. Gotham City Sirens, ooh, I'm looking forward to that one too. But I think that the title they need to be picking up is Batman Confidential. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apple is a strong proponent of Batman Confidential, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think the Batman, Batman and Robin are going to be like the Batman and Detective comics of this era. So those are going to be the big ones. And I like Tim Drake, so I'm going to be picking up Red Robin religiously. Of course, I assume it's Tim Drake. I guess I should... Disclaimer, not yeah. <laughs> disclaimer may not turn out to be different. <laughs> <Tim Drake. laughs> so, yeah. And I'll be a isn't. I know. Yeah. You know, I can't manage or afford to pick up all the bat books we've talked about. So, as we said, I'll be picking up those three. I'll also continue with Confidential, which I am enjoying very much. And as I said earlier, I'm forced to uh, read the detective comics that are coming out. But hopefully they'll be good. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the series that I'm probably the least interested in at this point, going into it without not know without with just knowing what I know is probably going to be Detective Comics, which is sad because 
Greg it's Rucka Detective has done Comics. some amazing things, and it is Detective Comics, but I'm not really super interested in this Batwoman character going into it. I mean, I'm going to read it. As we all know, most of us are going to end up reading it one way or the other, whether we buy it or not, but the thing is, it's the one thing that, to me, is just, why are we throwing a new character in? We've got an amazing story that can be told right now with Bruce Wayne not being around. What is the point of throwing in a new character? But, you know, that's, that's I guess, another story for another day. Can't be Get worse up. than the outsiders. <laughs> we well, can do no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> We could spend hours Only complaining about Batwoman, but uh, <laughs> we'll suffice it to say that Detective Comics is probably going to be in its own little world, so if you don't want to pick that up, it might not be related to the main stories. Yeah, you know, they're, 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 feed, they're force-feeding us Batwoman right now, and they're going to even put it in our main title. You know, and I collect Batman statues. They're force-feeding me to buy her in one of the statue collections. Rebel, Apple, rebel, do not buy it. <laughs> but I don't know how I feel about her. Yeah. The one I'm I'm waiting for to see about people's reaction are the two Dini ones, uh, especially the Streets of Gotham one. So I'm going to wait and see what people think about that before I pick it up, whether it's worth it or not. I think the, the important thing with Streets of Gotham is that they've got such a good team on the book. Yeah. Despite it having such an ambiguous description of what it's going to be covering, it'll still be interesting just because those two are working on it. And because it's so ambiguous, it actually makes me more curious to know exactly what's going to happen with the book. Because they're taking the star team from Detective Comics and putting them on a book that they're not really telling anybody a whole lot about. The ambiguity kind of sounds like, we're going to let Paul Dini do what he wants. Which sounds good to me. So, hopefully, I'm right in that assumption. And Paul Dini will have free reign in Gotham. Alright, so that's pretty much all we're going to do for our feature. Let us know what books you're going to be picking up, if you're going to be picking up any books at all. If you listen to the normal podcast and don't really care about the comics comment let us know that you know you don't really care about the comics you're not really interested in them at all and all you care about is i don't know the movies and the tv shows and the merchandise which i hate to say this but if you like the merchandise but not the comics i I don't really follow your understanding so enlighten me please um i just want to ask you a few questions that's pretty much all we've got for this episode i i just want to remind everybody we have facebook myspace blogspot there's, uh, we, we've Ooh. got everything but but Twitter. The, the one thing that we don't have is we don't have Twitter, and maybe that'll come in the future, maybe not. For now, leave us some good reviews on iTunes. You can join the forums, become members. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. And just as a reminder, if you if you're getting interested in the comics, make sure you listen to the comic podcast because. Nick does a segment on the comic podcast called Bat Books for Beginners, where if you listen to all the segments, he he chronologically came up with a list to actually start from Batman's early days and eventually get to the more current stuff. But he goes through every episode and does a a review of a storyline or story arc that consisted of something 
of important events that happened within Batman's career. So make sure you head over to the comic podcast and take a listen of those. And that's pretty much it for this episode. So this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Savannah. This is Nick. We've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 33. We'll see you guys next time. You take care, guys. Thanks, everybody. See ya. And once again, Paul Dini and Dustin win. No, 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 it's not oh. Dustin win. Oh, it's Dustin not? Wynn. No, it's Gilliam March. Ah, I thought I heard that. Okay, but Paul Dini. The <laughs> end. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Consort to his most beloved daughter. Consort. Uh, Sorry. Consort. <laughs> Oof. Um, Jufash, I don't know how to say maybe? that. Is it Jufash? Jufash. 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 He was subsequent. Sub. Subsus. He was subsequent. Subsequently. 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 I don't know why I couldn't say that. Posit. Posited. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, that's I'm funny. Pronunciation Nazi. <laughs> okay. A different reality. <laughs> Hold on. This is a tough article to read. I know. I can't say it, but I know how to say it. And don't forget that you are, you are going to start. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was Nick. Second. <laughs> yes, you are Megatron once more. <laughs> so this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Savannah. And this is Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the tag. <laughs>